Thank you to the readers and thank you to Leo. I wonder how your week has been. Not just the practicalities of adjusting to lockdown, but how has it been in your heart, your mind, your gut, whichever part of you it is that responds to, to situations? What feelings have arisen for you? You may have felt really angry or really sad or frightened. There may have been moments of joy. You might even have found excitement at trying some new technology or, or learning a new way of doing something. Maybe there's a sense of guilt that you don't feel what other people seem to be feeling. Well, however you feel, it's okay. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to be okay. And it's okay not to have a clue how you feel right now. For us as people who try to follow Jesus, our faith affects not so much how we feel, but what we do with those feelings. Now, I'm going to let you into a secret, and this is, a, this is probably bad minister speaking, but this week, reading the story of Lazarus, I got really annoyed with Jesus. I got annoyed with Jesus because he got a message to say that Lazarus was really ill and there weren't any travel restrictions. There was no lockdown and he chose to stay put. And when his friends asked him about it, he said, well, this is so that God can be glorified. And I just wanted to slap Jesus right there and then. So there you go. Tell the Baptist Union and they can strike me off. It's fine. Because actually that was really an unhelpful thing to say. So the first thing I want to say, I want to say it loud and I want to say it clear, is there is nothing about this current situation that is God trying to get glory. There is nothing about this current situation that is God testing us, trying us or punishing us. And furthermore, I don't believe Satan is attacking us. I've heard all of those in the last few weeks and they're not what it's about. It just is a thing. We are part of a world that is battered and bruised, that um, has the effects of human sin and finitude, part of which is the emergence of this new and very frightening virus. But Martha, Luminecta, I've always been a fan of Martha, but the more this week. She's lost her brother. She's weeping. She's been let down by her friend Jesus. And she still clings on to her faith. She still meets him. She still says, do you know what, Jesus, even now you could do something. I, I dare to believe that. I insist on believing that. And they have this incredible theological conversation that I've talked about many times in other places and other times. And she holds on to the hope that has sustained her all her life. That at the end, there will be resurrection and new life. She's an incredible woman, is Martha. She refuses to give up hope, even when it seems all is lost. Every morning this week, I've woken up, I've pulled back the curtains and I have looked out at a view that I will never tire of if I live to in Glasgow to be 150 which ain't gonna happen but you know what I mean. I look at the hills and I'm so blessed I can look north and see the campsies and I look 
south towards the Glenifer Braes. I've heard the birds sing. I've seen daffodils. I've seen hollyberries. Who knew? It's an amazing and beautiful world out there. But it's so quiet. I went out at half past seven this morning for my walk. Nothing unusual for me to do that on a Sunday. That would be quite a normal time for me to go out for a walk on a Sunday. But whatever time you go out, it's eerily quiet. The streets are silent. I waved to a dustbin lorry. I wanted to encourage them because they were out working. I waved to the bus driver and I waved to the police car. But basically, it's silent. And actually, for me, the good news in the lectionary readings this morning comes not from the gospel, but from the Old Testament. Who knew? That strange story of Ezekiel having a vision of a valley full of dry bones. It, it's just eerily silent. It speaks death. <laughs> and in this vision, God asks him the most ridiculous question. Mortal man, can these bones live? What a stupid thing to ask. Uh, good on Ezekiel, he's right up there with Martha. And he just says, oh, I don't know, God, you tell me. And so God does something incredible. He says, I want you to see these bones as I see them. I want you to speak as me to them and tell them that they will live. And it's an incredible image. I have, again, many times preached on this passage and it strikes me that it would have taken time. There's just this muddle of dry out bones. And suddenly the metatarsals find the tarsals. It's my very elementary um, anatomy. The ribs find the sternum, the clavicles find the scapulars and goodness knows what else. And bit by bit, those skeletons rebuild themselves. But that's not life. It's a skeleton, but a skeleton is not life. And so he's told to tell them to, to, to put on sinews and muscles to regenerate organs. But all he's got is, frankly, a valley full of corpses. And then God says to him, breathe my breath afresh into these bodies, into this valley. And so it happens. The transformation as that clean air of God's love and God's hope enters the lungs and hearts start to beat and life comes to the valley again. It's an amazing image. And it's one that I think is helpful to hold on to at the moment. I walked past a silent garden this morning. Many of you will have walked past silent parks where the gates are closed and the swings are empty. Many of us cannot go to work. Many of us cannot see anybody at all. But we, like Martha, like Ezekiel, have the audacity to believe, to hold on to the hope that sustains us. Isn't this what Easter is really about? We walk with Jesus, the path to Calvary and his inevitable death that we and all creation may be granted God's eternal gift of new life now and eternal life in the new creation. 
it's going to stay tough for the foreseeable future. But we have each other and we have our God. And we have a Jesus who learned from the people who stood up to him, who walks with us every step of the way. So let's hold on to that. Let's keep on believing. And let's keep being who we are. Amen. morning. Can everyone hear me okay? Um, if you have managed to find a, a candle at home um, and you can light it safely, I ask you to do that just now. We'll see whether um, my cat will allow me to have a candle burning. She joined me for, uh, for some of the service. Let us pray. God invites us to be still. Let us pray for those who will be born today. Let us pray for those who must work today. Let us pray for those who face unemployment today. Let us pray for those who are separated from the ones they love today. Let us pray for those for whom home is not safe. Let us pray for parents and children today. Let us pray for those who are worried today. Let us pray for those who are disappointed today. Let us pray for those who will die today. Let us pray. 
Let us pray for those who are hungry today. Let us pray for those who are in prison today. Let us pray for those who serve others. Who tend the sick. Who care for the dying. Who teach children. Who work in food supply for farmers and those who process and deliver food. Those who work in supermarkets and other essential shops. Those who empty our bins and keep our essential utilities running. Those who deliver our post. For undertakers. For those who work in the government. For bus drivers and train drivers. Lord, we pray for those who serve others today. That in meeting the needs of your people, they may meet and serve God. In our own church, we pray for Margaret, for Mary and Ian, for Jennifer and Jensen, for Betty, for Lena and George, for Talash, for Yang Yang, for Antoinette and Spencer, for Bayar and for his family. We give you thanks for our community and remember all those we love, those who are far away or just around the corner, but whom we cannot see. Bless them and keep them. The link to the Baptist Union of Scotland prayer diary isn't working. So may we take this opportunity to pray for every church in our union and for the Scottish Baptist College as we all learn new ways to be community together. BMS this week invites us to pray for our partners in Israel-Palestine, including Bethlehem Bible College, Nazareth Evangelical College, and the Association of Baptist Churches in this place. We pray for Christian, Jewish and Muslim communities and religious leaders to work together to bring peace and reconciliation that all may grow in hope and forgiveness and justice. God, we pray for your world and for your church far away and just around the corner comfort and strengthen us all. In Jesus' name. Amen.
So after our closing uh, responses and the blessing, I will unmute everybody and send you off to your coffee time rooms. From where we are, where you need us, Jesus now lead on. From the security of what we know, the adventure of what you will reveal, Jesus now lead on. From the uncertainty of what we face to the fullness of God's promises, Jesus now lead on. To refashion the world until it resembles the shape of your kingdom, Jesus now lead on. Because good things have been prepared by the God of love, Jesus now lead on. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.